Welcome to the Tea on Weddings, where we spill all the tea on weddings and wedding planning. Today, we're going to talk about the next steps after getting engaged. Hi, I am Emily Vasquez, host of the Tea on Weddings and owner of Mark and Emily Photography. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Mark and Emily Photography. And of course, our website is markandemilyphotography.com. Before we get started, this is just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so you can follow along and don't miss an episode. Um, So our guest today to talk about next steps after getting engaged is Angie. She is back again with us today, and she is the lead planner, designer, and owner of Angela Marie Weddings and Events. She is a certified award-winning wedding planner. She has done weddings all over the country, but is based in Texas. She has been published in in The Wedding Wire, The Knot, Brides of North Texas, Wedding Sparrow, and more. Her website is AngelaMarieWeddingsAndEvents.com. Um, if you would like to reach her, I will link her website in the description. <laughs> so, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, all right. So, we're going to talk about next steps after getting engaged. Yes. This is this is the fun stuff. So, you get engaged. You finally say yes after you've been waiting for him to drop down on one knee for Lord knows how long. Um, so this is this is kind of the, the time that you've been waiting for your whole life, right? So um, the first thing you're going to want to do after, you know, you post the, the I said yes photo on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, this is when you have to decide um, kind of what the next steps are. Um, and, you know, the fear of the unknown is just so like large when it comes to um, our clients as soon as, you know, you get engaged. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is determine a budget um, and decide who's paying for the wedding. Is it going to be you and your fiance? Is his family going to pay for anything? Um, or is your family going to pay for anything? And what are they going to be paying for? Um, and so you can kind of get an overall idea of what um, budget you're going to be working with. Um, and so from there, that's when you can start scheduling your venue tours. You can start looking at planners and things like that. Um, so after you kind of have a good idea of what your budget's going to be, this is when you need to start interviewing wedding planners. Um, your wedding planner is going to be your best friend <laughs> for the next you know, year or so, year and a half. Um, and so finding the right wedding planner that really fits with um, your vision and everything. And then also, um, you know, you want to make sure that you vibe with this person. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be your person that you're going to be talking to the most in this next year. So you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with them and they're going to be someone that you can really trust and rely on um, during this. Um, So that's going to be super important. Find a budget book your wedding planner, mm-hmm. and then... Um, Do you... So, I have a question yes. for you. Do you have to know your wedding date before you book a wedding planner? No, you do not. So, okay. um, of course, it's super helpful for us as wedding planners um, to know, like, your date and stuff. But um, from this point, you're going to kind of have a good idea of the dates that you're interested in. So, if you're a teacher, obviously, you're going to want to book... Um, in the summertime in like June or July or something like that. Um, or if you have a more flexible schedule or, um, you know, you might book later on in the fall or the spring, um, you know, if you're in accounting and um, you're not going to want to book, you know, in the springtime. So it really just p- depends on 
your guys' schedule. And of course, um, you're going to have hopefully some flexible dates Mm -hmm. as what you're kind of going for. So, um, you know, everyone wants a Saturday. um, Mm -hmm. And of course, spring and fall weddings are very popular. um, But having like at least a month or like a a couple months where you're like open to um, uh, solidifying your date. And so that'll just be helpful for us because we can, um, at that point, we'll be like, okay, we're booked for these th- dates, but um, we're open for these ones. And so you'll know as well if that planner is going to work with you, if they have a flexible schedule based on the dates that you're interested in. Perfect. So first budget, have to yes. that budget, and then the wedding planner. And I do think, you know, we kind of touched on this when we talked about coordinator versus um, planner Mm -hmm. in the last uh, episode, but your wedding planner can really give you insight into your other vendors that you book. And so I think definitely booking that planner as your first vendor (laughs) is really important before you book anything else. Not that you can't, but yeah. It's just going to be helpful. It's going to save you a ton um, of time and stress and money if you book your planner first. And so, because, you know, with our services, we will include a customized budget to you. So you give us a number and then we will say, you can spend this much money on your wedding venue. You can spend this much on your floral and this much on photography and stuff like that. So it is really helpful to have a planner who can um, really tell you like what percentage and what price you are able to spend on what. And Mm -hmm. um, we customize that based on their priorities and their needs. So if they're like, you know what, I want to go all out on florals, then we're going to put more of that floral budget um, together versus if they don't really care too much about the entertainment or the food or something like that, you know, we can really help guide you in all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after you have booked your wedding planner, um, we're going to talk about your wedding vision and just kind of get a good idea of what you're hoping for on your wedding day. Because at that point, you might have a good idea um, most of the time of what you like. Um, and so if you're like, you know what, I really want a white barn. Well, there's a hundred here in DFW and we can definitely like (laughs) help you with that and kind of narrow those down, um, for you because we've worked at so many different venues. So it's, it's really helpful to, um, have us in your court to tell you like, oh, this is a really great one. This kind of fits what you're going for. If you're like, you know what, I don't want a single barn. Um, I don't want to look at a single barn. I want to have a very modern, um, wedding venue. I want uh, it to be super classic and like, you know, maybe an old European look or something like that. You know, we can definitely help um, narrow those down for you. And we might know of some that you have never heard of and you're like, wow, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. And so we can definitely help you um, get a good idea for your wedding vision and kind of narrow things down for you and things that you won't really know ahead of time um, without having that professional by your side. Um, And then after getting a good idea for your wedding vision, um, that's really going to help us in finding a venue. Um, But before we find a venue, we are going to talk about your guest count. So Mm -hmm. if you have a guest count of 350 people, we need to find a venue that can fit 350 people. And if that's something that you are not wanting to compromise on, totally fine. We just will be able to narrow down the right venues for you and the right locations. And that also fits your wedding aesthetic and, and things like that. So um, if you have a wedding 
guest count that's like 100 people, then we can help you with that as well because you don't want to be in a venue that can fit up to 500 people with only 100 um, people in your guest count. And so we can definitely help you with that as well. Um, So after you determine your guest count, that's usually pretty fluid. Um, Usually you'll start out at around like 200 people is mostly what I've seen. Um, And then based on the venue that you choose, which is our next, uh, our next point, but um, you know, well, it usually just varies Mm -hmm. based on the venue you decide on, but it's good to have like an overall number and putting Mm -hmm. together um, who you're wanting to invite and stuff like that. And if that, how important that number is to you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Cause if, you know, I had, I've, worked with some brides and had some friends too that they didn't care if they had to cut mm-hmm. half the guest list um but when my husband and I got married I we did not want to have to cut it a lot yeah so we had like initially like 350 on our guest list oh wow <laughs> yeah and then we narrowed it to 300 oh wow okay but I didn't want to have to cut a ton yeah. of people so um you know, you have those those 50 that we cut where, like, fringe people, we, you know, fringe, like, haven't seen you in, like, years. <laughs> and, like, you're probably not going to invite me to your wedding, so it's fine. Yeah. But beyond that, um, we didn't want to cut more, so we had to prioritize mm-hmm. that. So you also, once you kind of get the idea of that number, then you can kind of decide, okay, well, is the venue more important to me or is the guest count more, like, you know, exactly. what's more important? Yep, exactly. So it is, it's good to know like what you, if you're willing to compromise on Mm -hmm. that number, on the overall number for, um, you know, a dream venue or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads us into our next step. So, um, then we need to look at venues. And so your wedding planner is going to be able to help you with this. Um, and you might already have like a venue in mind, but, um, this is where your planner is going to be able to say, oh, you know what? This, you know, you have a gas count of 300, this venue maxes out at 150. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> um, you're either going to have to cut down on your guest count or, um, you know, you need to find a new venue that accommodates for your 300 guests and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, and so then you have to book your venue and that solidifies your date. So you really can't do anything else. Um, until you find a date. So all of this stuff needs to be done before you book your wedding date, of course. Um, And of course, it doesn't have to be 100%, but it does become very, very helpful for you. Um, And that's just what I would recommend as a wedding planner um, to get all of those things done beforehand. So, um, So typically at this point, we will do our venue tours. We'll schedule them out um, for a weekend or a couple days throughout the week um, and just get those all knocked out so we can kind of see them one after the other. Um, And then nowadays, venues are booking up so stinking quickly. Um, You know, there's venues that are, that I know of here that are completely booked up for next year already. And it's just absolutely insane. Um, And so you really want to finalize that venue um, and that date so that you can start planning everything else. Um, So yeah, so once you get all of those things done, um, then this is typically when I will have my design meeting with my client after they book their venue. And um, which gives us a better idea of what everything's going to look like uh, with the ceremony options that they have. Is it indoor? Is it outdoor? Mm -hmm. Um, Is there, if it's outdoor, is there a plan B option? Because, you know, 
Texas is funny. <laughs> it is very bipolar when it comes to weather. Um, and so it's really helpful to um, ask all these questions and having a planner that just really helps with, you know, the venue search because we know what questions to ask, what things to look for in the contracts um, and all of that fun stuff. So after we do that, we're going to do the design meeting. That's when we'll put together a customized rendering for y'all. Um, and so you can get a good idea of what your wedding day is going to look like um, and how everything's going to, you know, just come together. Um, so it's really nice to have like a, an actual visual of of everything. So you know what you're paying for, what the quotes look are looking like based and what they're based on and all of that stuff. Um, and so then after we kind of figure out your wedding vision, um, and I kind of have this on there twice. And I do that for a specific reason because um, you know, you're, you're going to have an overall idea of what you want your wedding to look like before your you book your venue, but then your venue is going to be the, one of the biggest things about your wedding. And that might, you know, change the wedding vision a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have an idea and then you kind of solidify that idea after you, you book that, that venue. Um, and so then after we got all of that done, that's going to be your biggest thing. You're going to take a deep breath and you're going to be super thankful that you've gotten that far uh, and you're going to feel like you've accomplished a lot. And you have, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big, that's a big deal as booking a venue. It's yeah, going to be the huge, yeah, <laughs> the biggest thing for you. Always, for, for me, that was, I felt like the biggest decision we had to mm -hmm. make. And then my my friend who's getting married, I feel like that for them, she's, that's the biggest, I mean, cause that determine it determines your date. It mm -hmm. determines your guest. It determines so many things, right? Your, you know, the aesthetic and so many things. So yeah, it's, it definitely feels like once you get that, it's <laughs> like, okay, right. Like, you can like take a deep breath. And yes. <laughs> Well, and it also determines like what vendors you actually do need to book and what mm -hmm. vendors you can't, um, you know, like, do they require catering in house? Mm -hmm. um, do they have their own tables and linens and chairs or do you need to rent them elsewhere mm -hmm. and stuff like that? So it really just does determine so many different things, yeah. um, which is why a lot of couples will stress out about it. So it's really helpful to have a planner to do those venue tours with you um, and to help you find the right venue for you guys. Um, okay. So let's say we've gotten to this point. You are, have your venue, you have your planner, you have a good idea for what you want your uh, wedding to look like. Um, now it's time to book vendors. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I like to do is I like to book our vendors in three different tiers. So the first tier is going to be your, um, your vendors who are only able to do one wedding a day. So this is going to be your photographer. This is going to be your videographer and your DJ, um, you know, vendors like that who can only do one a day uh, because once they have a wedding booked, they're booked, they can't do anything else about it. Um, and so that's really important to find those type or those um, tier A vendors and book those immediately um, after you book your wedding date. Um, and then after that, we're going to go into our tier B vendors. So these are vendors that are very important. Not that all vendors aren't important, but these are going to be people that um, are really going to make a huge impact on your wedding day, but they have the flexibility to do more weddings in one day than 
you know, a photographer or a videographer mm -hmm. would. Um, so these are going to be your florists. Um, usually they are able to do multiple weddings in a day. Um, your hair and makeup team. Um, these are people that you want to book well in advance because yes, they can do multiple weddings in one day, but they will only do so many. Um, and you know, the distance between different venues kind of determines how many they're able to do and, um, you know, where their teams are at and all of that stuff. So these are going to be, um, very, very important. Uh, your cake artist is one of those venues, uh, vendors as well. Um, they will only do so many cakes in a weekend. Um, your catering company and your bartending company. So they will typically do multiple weddings in a day because they have the staffing and the chefs and everything like that to be in multiple locations. Um, the preferred vendor on my team in the catering department, they will, they're big enough to where they can do multiple weddings mm -hmm. in a day. And some catering companies will only do one, um, in a weekend or like three in a weekend and stuff like that. So, um, it's good to ask those questions. Um, and usually the bartending kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and then your officiant as well. So, um, your officiant of course can only do one wedding in a day. But um, it's not like a top, top, top priority that you need to book them as soon as, you know, you get your date finalized. Um, and if this is someone who is, you know, your childhood pastor or, um, you know, a family friend, of course, you want to give them enough notice beforehand to make sure that they have that scheduled and they're not, you know, on a trip to Miami or something that same weekend. And, you know, you do want to give someone like that. Um, who's going to marry you guys um, enough notice as well. Um, and then we have your tier C vendors. So these are people who are going to provide um, goods or services to many different locations and weddings. And um, this is going to be your calligrapher. So they will do your signage and all of your paper goods and stuff like that well in advance. Um, but they are also they also need time, so make sure you book your calligrapher um, in a decent amount of time. And we include all of that and what you need to order and all of that in our customized checklist for our clients. Um, and then your transportation as well. So this could be your getaway car or your um, transportation from um, like the hotel to the airport and um, from venue to venue, if you're doing multiple venue locations, um, from ceremony to reception and all of that fun stuff. So those are going to be your third priority um, vendors that you need to book, but are still play a very important role in your wedding. Um, I feel like how you just broke up the um, different category of vendors was really good. I've never heard that before. Like oh, the good. tier one, tier two, <laughs> tier three vendors. That was very good. And I hadn't heard that before. Um, very insightful. Uh, okay. So I have another question for you or a question. So when should brides start thinking about um, their dress and go dress shopping for mm -hmm. their wedding dress? Like where does that fit into you know, kind of the timeline of what to do first, next, then, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so typically this is the bride's favorite part of mm -hmm. the entire process. <laughs> um, and so they'll typically want to go dress shopping pretty, pretty soon after they get engaged. Um, and I totally understand it's, it's so fun. And, um, and so I would recommend going, um, 
you know, 10 months to a year before your wedding day, um, you know, you want to do that after you book your venue, of course, because it, the type of dress that you get will affect, um, you know, the wedding, of course, and you want to make sure that it works with the venue that you choose um, to go after you booked your venue. But um, with everything going on right now and just like the shipping times and everything is delayed so much, you want to do that sooner rather than later. Um, so, yeah, if you can get it at least a year before your um, your wedding day, then you'll have um plenty of time for shipments and deliveries and then alterations as well um, because we don't want your dress showing up mm-hmm. a week before your wedding and hoping that it shows up on time. So, um, so yeah, great question. Okay. So pretty much, so if a bride is getting, like she has an eight month timeline. We are going off the rack <laughs> and we are getting it altered and it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will take I mean, some designers you can get rush ordered mm-hmm. for extra, um, but I mean, that's only some. Right. And, and it's risky. So, yeah. You know, it might like a lot of time the rush order is still like between three to five months, or right. three to four months, you know, and so it's like. That's still cutting it close. It's just cutting it close. It so. is. And it depends on the type of material of your dress and the sizing and mm-hmm. like all the little things, the material, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do want to get that close to when you've booked your venue as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when you are dress shopping, um, you know, choose who you want to go with like pretty quickly and like pretty um, – so you want to choose who you go wedding dress shopping with very wisely. Um, you know, a lot of brides, they're like, oh, I want my entire bridal party, mm-hmm. my bri- all of my bridesmaids of 12 girls going with me um, when you're dress shopping. And 12 people plus, mm-hmm. you know, your mom and your sister and all of that, that is a lot of opinions. That mm-hmm. is 12 to 14 different opinions that you're going to be hearing on what they think is best for you. Um in what dress you should choose. So one thing I would recommend is um, if you are doing a wedding dress appointment, um, you know, just choose a couple people that you trust. And, um, you know, you don't have to invite every single one of your bridesmaids or every single one of your family members and things like that. Um, If your mom is paying for the dress, you know, typically you'll want, mom will want to be there um, to help you decide and stuff like that. But um, I would recommend going with someone you trust beforehand, just one person or um, just to kind of get a good idea of what types of dresses you do like. Um, Trying on all the different styles, A-line, mermaid, ball gown, and kind of seeing what you do like um, beforehand um, with someone that you really just trust their opinion before you get bombarded with the bigger appointment with, Mm -hmm. you know, mom and sisters and all of the bridesmaids that you have in your wedding party. Um, and just kind of keeping that number pretty small. I know with COVID a lot of, um, bridal boutiques have limited the amount of people that can, you know, join you when you're looking at dresses. And I think that's one of the only good things that has come from COVID is just like limiting that number because, um, you know, I've had so many brides just get overwhelmed with all of the different opinions and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So when you do just kind of go, you know, a couple of days before your appointment with all of your people. (laughs) So when should you choose your bridal party and all the people that are going to be in 
the wedding with you. Yes. So at this point, you're going to have a good idea after you get engaged of who you want included into your bridal party. Um, So I would say to do it right before your venue choice or right afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people will do it before. And so that's why I'd say that. But um, you really don't want to do too much before you choose your venue. So after you choose your venue is really going to be the safest option for you because then your bridal party is going to know like what days to take off work Mm -hmm. and um, what they're really going to be um, responsible for and all of that stuff. So um, yeah, after you choose a date would be the best option. Yeah. Cause if you choose a venue that has like a small little outdoor chapel space, <laughs> you know, or a small, I don't know, like kind of like a narrower uh-huh. space. You and you have, have your 12 right, bridesmaids. <laughs> exactly. Then that wouldn't be good. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah. I mean, at, you know, once you get engaged, you're going to likely have mm-hmm. like an engagement party and all of your friends and family mm-hmm. is going to be there and stuff. And, you know, you're going to have your best friend who's going to like know that he was already proposing and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. So you're going to kind of know and have a good idea beforehand. But um, you shouldn't really ask until you have that date solidified. Mm-hmm. So how soon should... um couples look for wedding rings and get those um because some uh some places you can get the rings right away Mm -hmm. like right after you purchase you take it home with you um and then some jewelry stores you will have to order it and um it'll have to be shipped in right so, so I would suggest having um, them done three or four months beforehand. A lot of times nowadays, um, couples are getting you know customized engagement rings and mm-hmm. and wedding rings like and 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 so you want to have enough time for that. So if you are having a customized ring set, then I would say about four months before your wedding day, um, and then also just making sure that you um, you know if they're if there's diamonds that fall out, which they fall out all the time, making sure those are done before your wedding day, about a month before and getting them professionally cleaned the week before as well. So rings are always, um, the ball's always dropped on when you have to get your rings and mm-hmm. all of those things. So it's important to kind of know the logistics of all of that. Which your planner will always, <laughs> of course, help Oh, yeah. You. <laughs> oh, yeah. let you know always... it's time to... All the little things that you don't really think of, it's just really important to have a, a planner there to help guide you in that area. So that's why we have that in our wedding planning checklist. And that's just going to be your best friend from as soon as you book us. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna, I want to go back to the very first thing you said yeah. to set. And this is a hard question. Um, and it, you know, it, it's just a hard question um and it can be really like controversial among like some people i'm excited but (laughs) um okay so the first thing you said after you get engaged is you have to to plan your wedding you have to decide on a budget Mm -hmm. so you can look up online and see from different sources um you know the average wedding planning budget how much does a wedding cost and everyone tells you different things and everyone has their different opinions on how much you should spend, how yes. much you shouldn't, how much is too little, how much is too much. Mm-hmm. So um, can you give us any insight on what brides – I know, you know, it's such a huge – there's such a huge, um, I guess, what's – like, I don't know the word for it. Right. A range. Yes. range of – and everyone is so different and has different budgets. But um, 
for like a standard wedding in 2022, a nice, beautiful wedding, what can, what is like a typical budget that brides should um, expect if they want all the things, um, catering, DJ, you know, all, all the stuff. Right. They want a a beautiful wedding that, Mm -hmm. you know, looks like their Pinterest board, but it's not as extreme as their Pinterest board right. and all of that stuff. Yeah. So um, it's it's really funny because if you look on the not, um, the last time I looked, it said the average wedding in the US is about thirty to $40,000. Mm-hmm. That is not accurate. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, just with everything that has, you know, changed over the years, you, you, you know, 10 years ago, you get a $40,000 budget and you're like, wow, I can't get everything I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the clients, the clientele that I work with, um, their budgets are usually between around like 80 to hundred and something, um, thousand dollars. And you hear that and you're like, Oh my word, that mm-hmm. is a large sum of money. And you know, it is, it is mm-hmm. a large sum of money. However, um, it, it's, it's not going to be the most extravagant wedding ever. Like you're not going to get, you know, the horse and carriage and you're not going to be, you know, parachuting down on in your wedding dress, you know, (laughs) like just, um, so you hear that large number and you think you can get everything that you've ever dreamed of. Um, however, in 2022, like this, that number is pretty average nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, and you are going to get your typical things. Um, you know, you're going to get your florals, you're going to get your DJ or your band and, um, your venue and, you know, catering is, um, is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I would say around this area, um, and just the weddings that I work with, you know, um, you're going to get your pretty average, decent, beautiful, don't get me wrong. Absolutely yeah, stunning. Beautiful. Every prof- I mean, professional vendors. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You're not having to skimp on the quality of vendors or mm-hmm. anything like that. Right. But, um, that's just going to be around like that 80 to hundred K. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might overwhelm a lot of people, but, um, once you start adding things up and and stuff like that, those are the types of weddings that you're going to see and um, the types of, you know, quotes and proposals and stuff you're going to get from just average high quality vendors. Um, and it's not because, you know, we're scamming you or mm-hmm. whatever. It's just like that's just the pricing of things nowadays. Um, I think t- it today the wet <sighs> – I think before, like when my parents, when our parents got married, you know, uh-huh. um, their generation, it was, there weren't, I don't think as much professional wedding vendors, mm-hmm. like wedding, the wedding industry was not as much of a thing. Like, right. um, there weren't all these different venues. People got married in their church mostly, mm-hmm. you know, um, there weren't these crazy, beautiful reception venues cause People would just do it at a home, you know, like at their mm-hmm. home or whatever. Um, and they wouldn't like my parents didn't have a. I mean, I know some did, but they didn't have a dinner, sit down dinner. It was pretty standard to just right. at the reception. They had like punch and finger sandwiches and like <laughs> snacks and then the cake. Right. You know, it wasn't it was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there are all these professional wedding vendors. This is what we do for a living because now like brides want their day to be special and everything uh-huh. they've ever dreamed. And so some of us, this is, this is all we do. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. We have to charge um, 
in order to make a living ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And and these are just standard rates, you know, these aren't um, just exponential Mm -hmm. and um, you know, just like you, you know, the, our brides and couples, you know, they might be lawyers or uh, doctors or, you know, librarians or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, But, you know, that's just, this is just the industry that we're in, just Mm -hmm. like you're in the industry that you're in. And it's not, um, it's not so crazy that, (laughs) um, you know, the pricing is not like unrealistic is kind of what I'm trying to say. And I will say I, I, a lot of the time now encounter more of brides that and brides and grooms that the whole family is helping pay mm-hmm. like usual traditionally you know it's like the bride's parents right now more than ever I feel like I see that the bride and the groom contribute a large sum mm-hmm. then the bride's parents contribute some the right. groom's parents contribute some and aunt will contribute some or yeah. like pay for this or that um so which can kind of make it more reasonable you know mm-hmm. um when you if you do have that support um of course you can plan a wedding on any budget right but you will have to skimp on details or vendor choices right and yeah and you know you see these extravagant you know celebrity or influencer Mm -hmm. weddings on online and you're like you know um i wonder how much their weddings were their weddings were probably around you know 500k to 800k Mm -hmm. um and that's just you know you can get that easily Mm -hmm. um whereas the most average wedding that we typically will do is you know just (laughs) it's not just 100k because that is a large sum of money like when you hear that um but that's pretty much the standard nowadays and it's just because the standards are higher and um the expectations are higher and you have professionals who actually know what they're doing and um there's so much more that goes into weddings nowadays than they did when our parents were getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my parents got married in their local church and my mom borrowed her best friend's wedding dress and, you know, like they just did, um, you know, a potluck for their reception. Right. And so that's, that was, that was a standard back then. Mm-hmm. And nowadays it's just, you know, everything's mm-hmm. different now. And, um, and of course everyone wants that, like, mm-hmm wants the look of the $500,000 wedding without having to pay that $500,000 wedding. So, um, you know, pricing has just changed drastically in just the last few years as well too. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, there is. There definitely is. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else to add to the next steps after getting engaged? No, I think, um, I think that's great. I mean, everything else is just going to be through your planner and, Mm -hmm. um, they're really going to help you, you know, create that, that dream wedding for you with whatever budget that you have. Um, and they'll be able to guide you through all yeah. of that. I will throw in, um, engagement pictures. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm a photographer. So I would definitely say, you know, after you get engaged, um, get engagement pictures. Yes. Done. I mean, you can do that at any point really, but, um, if you wanted to use them on save the dates, you know, mm-hmm. the earliest, you can do it the better, you know? Right. And I would honestly encourage you to book your photographer and then do your engagements right then um, as soon as you book them, because you're going to want the same types of photos and editing and style mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. your wedding photos as you are for your engagements. Cause it just kind of 
I don't know, it just throws you off a little bit mm-hmm. when it's two different photographers, which is fine. And sometimes that's just how it works mm-hmm. out. But um, but if you choose a wedding photographer for your wedding day, mm-hmm. then, you know, have them shoot your engagements as well. Yeah. Book them far enough in advance to where you can. Yeah. So maybe right after the venue, book your photographer <laughs> and then do book engagements. Book your shoot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. For being... Thanks for having me. All right. So, um. That is it for this episode of The Tea on Weddings. Don't forget, again, to subscribe so you can follow along. Uh, And then, of course, Angie's information will be in the description if you want to reach out to her. And thanks so much for listening.